Hello everybody and welcome to the newest episode of the Below Average Film Review. Where uh, what was the what was our slogan again? <laughs> the films aren't always below average, but we certainly are. That's definitely it. Clearly we really are. <laughs> I'm glad you remember. I'm definitely hitting that below average quota. <laughs> well today's episode is based is based on is Frankenstein. Uh, directed by James Wales, released in 1931, originally part of the Universal Monster films. And we didn't make a promise of what we do last week, but we're doing Frankenstein now. Welcome to the Monster Mash, everybody. We did the mash. We did the Monster Mash. I shouldn't sing. We might get copyright no, claimed. No, we'll <laughs> we'll get a copyright strike for the videos we make no money off. Excellent. YouTube what? is now making no money. Right. So, Frankenstein, what do you think? Um, hmm. Yeah, I, uh, I, I read the synopsis, I read a couple of reviews, it's really highly rated on Rotten Tomatoes, by the way. I think it had 100, actually. I can kind of see why, but there's bits of it that really why. jarred me. I don't, I don't think agree. I don't I'm gonna double check that I'm not lying about that real quick. I, I, I mean, if it did get 100, that's kind of amazing. Uh, to me. Yeah, 100%. Wow, I'd say that's definitely from the impact of the character. Yeah. Or the monster. I I don't think it's quite deserving of that. Well, well, we're not here to discuss uh, the book or pop culture, because pop culture, you know, mm -hmm, it's a thing. It it happened. What do you think of the film? The original film based Mm. on the book by Mary Shelley? (laughs) We're not discussing that book, though. <laughs> but we shall mention it, because it's important. Yeah, uh, film. I think it definitely had good bits, but there are bits I wasn't so fond of. Like, it definitely had elements that I quite enjoyed throughout. Yeah. But bits of it really irked me sometimes. Like what? Um, I always found the pacing felt a little bit too quick. And like, on like on some elements, like uh, when they first go and speak to uh, God, what's his name? Rory Scott, and Doctor Baldwin. That's Alan. it. Wait, what? Yeah, when they first go speak to Doctor Baldwin, like, come, please, Alan. let's go see Frankenstein. We need to help him. He is ill, and he says, "No, I don't want to do that. It's your problem, or something." But not directly. That's paraphrasing. <laughs> and then yeah, yeah. they say, "Please," and he says, "No," and they say, "Please again." He says, "Okay, sure." It's like yeah. It's like that takes space takes place in like the space of about ten seconds. Like how how easy is it to convince this man? I um. And then like he yeah. seems so concerned with all this experimentation, and the next thing you know, like a couple scenes down the line, he's just sat in the lab with Frankenstein, watching as the monster just walks around. Like, what changed your mind? He's he's there to say it's um. Uh, it's, a, it's a monster of nature. It shouldn't exist. Yeah. I mean, I can't entirely rag on him on that, because even though he sticks around, he does explicitly state that that thing should be shot. Yeah, says it all the time. Yeah. But, you know, know what happens to him in the end. <laughs> you can't be saying that no more. Mm. Mm. Overall, I thought it was a pretty good film, I think. You're about to sum up. Yeah, I, just... <laughs> I, thought, you, I thought you already summed up. No, I was say overall, sure. like, it's pretty good, but I definitely have some problems. Yeah. I think it's a very, very, very good film in terms of making you think, in terms of, uh, like, themes it plays with. 
and like questions makes you ask. But most of that comes from like the original book. Yeah, and as a film, I don't think it's great. Mm. I don't think it's a great film. I think it does a pretty good job at adapting like the ideas of the novel, but I think it definitely falls short in terms of like creating like an engaging uh viewing experience. And I think and I think so definitely some of the choices in terms of uh the filmmaking in terms of like the editing and uh the way it chooses to shoot itself is it's questionable from James Whale. James Whale, yeah, Whale. I yeah. will say. I yeah, I, I quite agree with that. Like, I found some of like a lot of the shots were very static and unmoving, and it's like, oh, okay, this is quite still. Uh, I mean, there were some like tracking shots. Yeah, there was one as far as I can remember, like through the town streets, and there was like a tilt up. There was a pan to the right. Yeah. There was like, a couple of zooms. I mean, there was. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's close. There's close. There's there's a lot of camera shots. Yeah, but there's not a lot of movement, really. Sure. I mean, there's a lot. There's not a lot of movement within the scenes. Than, within the scenes themselves. Mm, sure. Mostly characters sitting, sitting down. But I, 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 yeah. I don't know. I don't think it, it doesn't do anything super unique. It's. It feels like quite basic filmmaking. Yeah. You know? It's quite sad, but the cinematography is quite cool, because he did Casablanca, like you told me earlier. He did. After Eaton, yeah. Mm. Very interesting, man. Um, I, I will say it does use them very effectively, though, you know? Like, when they're first revealing the monster, you hear his footsteps, you see Frankenstein's, um, uh, like, uh, like, almost, like, panicked reaction to uh, preparing for him, and then you, you know, he, the door slowly opens, bathed in darkness. For some reason, he's looking the opposite direction and open the door. That kind of, that was weird. Yeah, if I remember right, <laughs> he didn't, like, walk in backwards. Yeah, he then walked in backwards, slowly turned around, and you finally see the monster. I mean, it's good, it's, like, pretty good suspense, but that was just kind of weird. Not like a Michael Jackson thing to do. Sure. Mm. I could see Frankenstein being, no, the monster, not Frankenstein. <laughs> Yeah, Michael Jackson thing. Uh, Frankenstein saying oh. Billy Jean. Oh, for God's sake, I did it. <laughs> yeah, okay, well, we both done it now. We both fucked it. Uh, oh, well. I, I, yeah, I don't think there's, I don't really, I really don't think there's too much to say about the film. Like, too much you can really, like, praise or, or, like, criticize it for in terms of, like, filmmaking alone because it's mm. it, it re, it's really nothing special yeah technically it's kind of something very easy to kind of gloss over i think because like some films that really nail the technical aspect this one didn't really do a lot for me yeah i mean i think it does a serviceable job it definitely makes some like large mistakes though yeah i think it uses way too much use of like fades oh yeah Definitely fading out of a shot, moving location, fading back in. It kind of, it kind of feel, it feels very, very disjointed. Constantly jumping back between uh, the Frankenstein household and like the laboratory. It would just fades in, fade ins. Mm. Feels very, very disjointed. They obviously there was like structure to where they were positioned, but it did feel kind of almost random at points, I thought. It was just quite sudden for me in some regards. It's like, oh, I'm just watching the scene play out. It feels like there's going to be more. Nope, fade out. Next bit. 
Yeah, which, I mean, it does have a, it does have a, it does move quite quickly. Yeah, but I would, I would, I would praise it for that because it, I feel like the movie is the perfect length that it needs to be. It felt like if they tried to add more, pad out more scenes, it ju- it just felt like it would just become those uh, the padding is just useless. Yeah, so could... I do think it's the perfect length. Yeah. If you say turn it into like a two-hour film, it'd probably fall short, even shorter, because yeah. it's just dragging on at that point. Yeah, I think it would become a boring film at that point. Mm-hmm. There's only so much you could do with Big killer. Monster Man. Yeah, I mean, I think it did a good job with what it did. Yeah. I mean, I would have. I mean, I, I say that, but I would have added like you know maybe an extra scene at the end, make the ending not <laughs> very anticlimactic, <laughs> where we don't even get. We don't even get like a checkup on Frankenstein. All we get is just him in the background, just sitting there, and his father's like, "Hey, have some wine." Psych, I'm having it. Yeah, and then he closes the door behind him as well. It's just like, "Well, let's celebrate," and then the film ends. It's just, it's just a very, very anticlimactic ending. You know, another a uh, bit more at the end, maybe mm. a little a uh, reunion between Frankenstein and Elizabeth, maybe. Yeah, especially with like following up from the scene where Frankenstein's monster is literally being burned alive. It's like this suddenly action-filled tense moment where the monster is finally being brought to justice in inverted commas as the town would see it because of the whole mob mentality thing. But like after that kind of massive build-up moment, it's just like cut to the next bit, have a glass of wine, never mind, we're done. (laughs) We're done here, and then it just ends. Yeah, very sudden and not in a good way. Yeah, it yeah, it's not. I mean, is do you have anything else to say about this film in terms of like filmmaking? Because I don't really. Yeah, I don't think I massively do. Like, I, I on on a level, I like how kind of the drawn out overall the sequence for like the wedding and all the street shit was. Because like I don't know if that's technically technical. Or like filmmaking per se, but I like the kind of length of that because it builds tension quite nicely. Yeah. Though it does feel a little bit out of place yeah. considering how fast the film moves otherwise. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I mean I'm I actually I actually just remember the point, but like uh the first re- I've, uh, kind of what I said earlier, but the first reveal of the monster as an actual like entity as well. Because you know, because they raise him into the sky, you see the lighting effects, reference and the lighting, and you see like the reactions of the characters, and then you and then you see, and then it's the slow, the slow drop down of the monster back to, uh, back inside, and then also just the the little finger twitching, yeah, and then you just get the Frank Franken's uh, Frankenstein's reaction. I thought that was I thought like the you, you see the lighting there, and then also the building up of. Uh, the monster being alive is very, very, very good there. Yeah, they executed that bit really well in it. Like, it, it, so it, we said we were going to ignore, like, pop culture and all that, but that scene has become, like, one of the most iconic and classic things. Well, it's the it's alive part. Yeah. That's the famous line. It's alive. It's, it's alive. alive. It's Not alive. for long. Nope. <laughs> well, I mean, it does survive in the books. But we're not here to discuss the books, are we? No, nope, because books are boring. We like things on screen. We like things right. that move, not page. 
Ja. Unga Booga, uh, film student. Mm. Ugo Booga, me like moving image. <laughs> hey man, like thing that yeah. moves. I kind of sound like Frankenstein. Oh, he Plus, the zombie. Okay. Oh. It's Halloween season. <laughs> Anything goes. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we're six days in. Good enough. Well, okay, yeah. Well, moving on to the parts of the film that I personally really, really liked was the character of Frankenstein specifically. Less the characters in the film, but more the character of Frankenstein. And then also you know, the ideas of the film. Mm. So, I mean, what's, what's your opinion on either the characters or, or the character of Frankenstein specifically? Let's start with that. I had to make sure I wasn't mixing up Frankenstein and his monster for a minute, so... <laughs> well, let's say Frankenstein, his monster, and the other characters. Well, I, I quite like Frankenstein as a character, really, because his obsession with his work is quite interesting and like the ideas he kind of presents with creating this life and like he talks about how it feels to almost like play or become god at a level when yeah. he creates that life i just thought that was really interesting he he seems cool i don't know if that's the correct word to describe him but he seems like, cool it... <laughs> ah, no, below god average <laughs> Yeah, he definitely is an interesting character. Like, there's this lot of like mystery and speculation around him as it starts as well, because there's all this talk about how he's supposed to get married to Elizabeth, and then there's also his friendship. Well, not really described as friendship because you don't know who the hell Victor is until like halfway through the film. Sure. Unless I missed something, but well, I mean, we know he's an associate. Yeah, but there's like this kind of speculation about him and whether he's mad or not, and it's like it's quite interesting. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's all. I mean, it's all about like him being consumed by his work, consumed with the idea of uh, playing God and uh, like reviving the dead. Even potentially, you could say some immortality stuff in there. Yeah. And it's all about like the limits of humanity in terms of that aspect and like the madness of. You know, most people would say he says, "I can revive the dead." You say, "Shut up." <laughs> you know, as the as as his professor does, really, is Waldman. <laughs> I can revive the dead. Fuck off. Prove it. Yeah. I mean, that's what they all say. That's what that's what Victor says to him. He calls him crazy. Prove it. And then he proves it. Yeah, and then Victor does a full 180. He's like, oh, he's sane. That still angers me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and and then you but like seeing Frankenstein consumed by that and then slowly come to like the realization of the evil he's created and that his I, I don't know if I'd say a, a god complex specifically, but definitely an ego or yeah. like an obsession. As that slowly boils away and he realizes the monster from his perspective that he's actually created, uh, specifically after like Elizabeth gets attacked by it. Yeah, it's quite interesting as well, though, if I found like it kind of, it almost goes completely full circle with what he creates destroys him because he survives being thrown off a fucking windmill. Ooh, yeah, I mean <laughs> Um, I mean, I do I'm ballsy from him falling off the windmill and surviving. Yeah, I, I'm quite impressed. He lived. Also, I love the. Fact that he, I'm pretty sure there's like a rag doll or something for that. It just looked really funny. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's definitely a human-sized like dummy. It's it's one of the dummy. Yeah, you could tell about definitely. that moment. It was quite funny. But like, um, <laughs> it's quite interesting how like he almost goes entirely full circle, and like this obsession is literally what almost completely destroys him. Yeah. 
I mean, he destroyed others. He destroyed the people in his life. It killed Fritz, and it killed Waldman, and it hurt the girl. Or it killed the girl, actually, and it almost killed his wife or fiance. I was wondering who the girl was. Like, I was like, oh, yeah, Maria. Yeah, Maria. I just call her the girl. Yeah, I thought you were talking about his wife for a second. <laughs> no, I just call her. I know, I'd say that's Elizabeth. Or fiance. But fiance. anyway. Yes. Yeah, I think he's a very interesting character, especially like at the start when he's introduced. Because he's, because I mean, when we first see him, he's you know, you know, he's a bit of a creep when he's just spying on the wedding, no, uh, the funeral, not the grave. wedding. Those are two very separate occasions. Yeah, but I, I'd say the introduction of him is very cool as well because it, he's you know, he's dressed and he's uh, presented in a way his mise en scene. Mise en scene. Yeah, presented in the way to look, you know, he looks very formal, looks like a, you know, just a normal person or, n or a normal upper class person in that society. Mm. But through uh, kind of like his uh, jerky motions and specifically his uh, facial expressions when in uh, talking in those scenes, you definitely get the sense of some like, uh, and hitherto mentioned madness or obsession. Which then, you know, gets fueled later on when you actually see what he's doing. You know, he cuts down the corpse and you see the body and you see the monster he's trying to make. Yeah, and but that is like the indication of the madness. I remember there's like this will be paraphrasing because my memory's terrible, but when oh, cool. he when they're like digging up the grave right at the start and he's holding on to the coffin, he like speaks directly to the audience saying, "Oh, he's not dead. He's just sleeping or something like that." It's like, does he show that? Yeah. Does he say that? I'm pretty sure he does. Oh, he says that's a fraud. It's either to Fritz or directly at the camera, but he says something on the lines of he's not dead, he's just asleep or something like that. So yeah, I know he said yeah. I know he says something like that, but breaking the um uh the fourth wall there sounds There's at one Doesn't... point he looks directly at the camera, but I don't know if it's like a fourth wall break or if he's directing it at Fritz or not. I can't remember. I don't think fourth wall break was even something people was a concept back then. Yeah, I don't think it was necessarily intended to be like a fourth wall break. It was just he was looking at the camera. I think. It was yeah. Not... Anyway, I think we're getting. I think we're yeah. getting too lost in the idea of the fourth wall break. <laughs> the fourth wall didn't exist, but actually, no, it did exist back then. But they were confined by it anyway. Yep. Uh, but yeah, I think. I think Frankenstein's pretty. I think I think he's a very interesting character. Very cool character. Well, yeah, as you described, cool. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's definitely well. a character. I think he's definitely a character you like, you know, sympathize with. You like, you want you, yeah. you want to see him like do well, or at least I wanted to see him do well, you know. Especially after he comes to like his senses again and starts, you know, returning to his normal life. Yeah. Obviously that. Yeah. Obviously yeah. that's contrasted with um, the monster he creates being kind of like his ultimate. Uh, like uh, the idea of the creation that destroys him. And that's definitely very. It's very. It's it's the, like the main conflict of the film, definitely. Even though it comes in, well, the monster only comes in about halfway through, is it? I think it comes in about twenty minute mark. I think actually. No, that's. Or well, when he's actually no, alive and walking. Oh, alive and walking. I think that's like twenty five half. Yeah, it's about halfway in actually. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's just the classic idea of. Uh, the creation uh, uh, beating the master, you know? It's not just the student right. who can do it anymore. Well, no. Well, I mean, he, he plays he plays God, he creates life, life comes and 
tries to kill him back. Yeah. You know, it's mad at him for bringing him into the world. Is and like as we all know, you know, Frankenstein, he was the real monster. Ooh. Trying to play life. Well, I mean, that's the takeaway from the book. Yeah. But like, I think the monster. I mean, the monster itself is a very interesting character. It develops you know? quite interestingly. I think like a part of that development was quite sudden. Because like, on the level he is kind of childlike in the beginning, but yeah. like sometimes he also feels quite still like the criminal that the brain once belonged to, I found anyway. And then, yeah. like in that kind of mindset, especially after he just committed a goddamn murder, you know, it, going into the scene where he meets Maria and he's playing with her, it feels kind of quite sudden and a little bit jarring, but also it's quite pleasant. It's like a nice break from the somewhat tense atmosphere of the film, and also the childlike naivety of Maria kind of brings this, um... It, it, Not being it, scared of him. Yeah, and it kind of gives him a bit more characterization. it makes him feel a bit more human. If a child is seeing him that way, maybe we can see him that way as well. Yeah. I mean, I think earlier, they also, you also sympathise with him earlier, though. Um, when he's getting... I wouldn't want to... I wouldn't say, like... Tortured, or he's, he's when he's being like tormented by Fritz with the flame, you know. Oh yeah, I'd say you definitely have sympathy for him in that way because you know, you see him, you see him in like physical distress. You feel bad for him, you know. You see him as just an innocent uh, creature being tormented by you know some one of the people who brought him into the world that killed him. I was gonna I feel like Fritz as a twat with a fire, but. <laughs> I mean, sure. I mean, he's just a certain power over somebody he's, he's never had power before, has he? Yeah, sure. But I, I mean, I see... I almost called him Frankenstein, and I see the monster as... I see him acting with almost like a childlike mind. Yeah. Because the film offers up the, like the explanation of it's the criminal brain that makes him uh, do these things, but I see it as more of like uh, like he, he's a, he's an, he's, he's, it's almost like he's a new brain, and he, his new brain that hasn't developed yet. So like, unlike a child, um, they're not able to like, like process emotions, uh, properly, and so that's why you get the angry lashing out and the, uh, from like the confusion of their situation, his situation and the anger at being, you know, controlled. And tormented by some of the people, and but then also, uh, when he, when he's interacting with Mia, like uh, Maria, the almost like the childlike wonder that he almost takes on, and he looks genuinely like he looks happy, like a child. Yeah. And then obviously, because he doesn't know how to like process happiness, he he takes it too far. You know, he's going too far. He's going to float, and these flowers will float her. So that's that's how I see Frankenstein as a character. That's yeah. why he's you know he's the ultimate innocent person in the end. The way you kind of describe that, like I actually agree with that more. The more I think about it, really, because like he he is basically like a little toddler trapped in a giant man's body, really. Because like the brain, as they say, yeah. it's like nearly developed. It might have some of the leftover tendencies per se, but that's up for debate. But like yeah. what? Yeah, there's an interpretation. That's what I'm looking for. <laughs> um, yeah. But, um, like, for example, when he does kill people, like, a toddler would throw, like, a temper tantrum. They might go over and smack their parents' leg and cry. Whereas in his case, yeah. that temper tantrum is taken to the extreme because he has the physical force of this assembled mass of a body that is just massively overpowering. And then yeah. that's why you Super kind of shot. see him so 
child with like childlike wonder as well. Like he, on top of that, he also can't speak. He's quite stiff when he moves, which I perceived on level to be kind of like this onset of rigor mortis. But you can also see how it could be compared to like the movement of a child, like stiff and new. Yeah. And like yeah. again, he can't speak. He only grunts. Still young. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, it's just something that I thought about when uh, watching the films. Probably also just generally out there as a interpretation of the original book. I never really thought about it like that. Like I noticed, like there's a bit of childlike wonder mixed in there when he's playing with the flowers and then throws Maria in the water, and I can't help but laugh at that stuff because it was so sudden it caught me off guard. <laughs> I, I I knew like the general plot points of the film, so it didn't surprise me. But sure, all I saw I mean, was a synopsis on Wikipedia where it was like, yeah, they put a criminal brain in there. You were laughing when uh, you picked up the little girl and she screamed, "No, stop! You're hurting me!" And you were just laughing at that. No, I wasn't that a bit. I was like, what, "What's going on? There is he gonna like take her out of her? Then he throws her into the water." <laughs> It's yeah, like, oh, I mean, it, it, poisons, it poisons the child's naivety of his brain, you know? I also quite like the foreshadowing from the father while we're on that scene as well, for when he says to Maria, uh, I can't stay, I'm too busy, and uh, it kind of, like, sets up that something's going to happen to one of them, and I was in the, under the impression that he was going to sneak up on the father and kill him or something, or, like, he'd play with Maria for a bit, be genuinely happy, the father would come back, like, yo, what the fuck is this thing? And then it frankly decides monster would just yeah. kill him. Yeah. I mean, you could. I mean, I, I saw the thing about the father saying he's too busy, other than maybe just being a plot device. Mm. Um, but also, you know, parallel, parallel, and with Frankenstein, you know, yeah. too busy with my work to go to my to visit my fiance to go to the wedding. I'm too busy, you know. Hey, right. I can definitely. Yeah. See that. I mean, you see, there's a parallel there. I don't. I don't think there's too. I don't think there's like much subcontext to that. So I don't know if that's intentional. I, I, I could see it just being like a plot device, but yeah. neat little parallel. I just thought it was a bit of foreshadowing, really, because like it's, it, I'm also like the subversion of expectation, I, like from my perspective, that I thought the father was going to die, but it's actually the little girl that dies. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't agree with that, but I mean, you could definitely see it that way. So. Do you do you think Frankenstein? Not Frankenstein. God damn it! Do you think the monster? Do you think do you think he's ultimately innocent? Do you think Frankenstein's the real monster? Let me ask it him too. Oh god, that's like such a big philosophical and moral question. I wasn't expecting to have that sprung on me. <laughs> oh, I mean that's the main. That's like the main uh question that people take from just the idea of uh Frankenstein in general is. Who was really the monster? Is is Frankenstein is innocent creature? Hmm. I feel like it's both, like both of what them and think? neither at the same time. It's quite bizarre because Frankenstein does do those quite horrible things, but at the same time, he has this kind of developing mind like a child. He doesn't necessarily know the consequences of what he's doing, even though the aggression seems kind of premeditated on some level, like it was kind of already planted there. It also does feel like the temper tantrum of a toddler. And then with Frankenstein, he's just become obsessed with this idea of creating life. He wants to, like, see his life's work through and prove that he's not crazy. And inadvertently, he, like, he didn't mean to create this horrible monstrosity in quotation marks as, like, the horrible town mob sees it. But mm. at the same time, he's still meddling with forces that should be far beyond human control. We shouldn't be able to do that. And be able to create life. Yeah, 
I mean, we yeah, can I mean, it's I... called a birth, but <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that's different. Yeah, very different thing. I, I, I would, I would say Frankenstein is the monster, you know, because hmm. he was obsessed. He was obsessed with his own, uh, like a god, god complex ego, whatever you want to call it. He was obsessed to that to the point where he, he wasn't thinking about. Like the life he was creating, he only wanted to create it. He didn't see it as in like an actual individual. And obviously, I think it's quite obvious, even though it is the monster. It's people refer to it as it. They tormented. It's Frankenstein, not Frankenstein. The monster, quite clearly, it's quite. It's you know, it's human in every way, really, except from the way it was born. It wasn't human. So like, I I definitely see Frankenstein as the real monster, as most other people would, uh, for, you know, just playing with life, not caring for the individuals, also robbing graves and taking parts from the undead. It's fucked up. Yeah, yeah, that is but, really messed up, actually. <laughs> yeah, but then also see the monster as, you know, completely innocent, a completely innocent creature who, no, they never, never, never asked for anything to happen to them and then they were put into the world and subjugated to t terrible terrible treatment and put in a world that they don't know they had no time to like actually understand like the world they were in and you know as, uh, event, uh, evidently led to the monster's death and that all came from the hands of Frankenstein, uh, Frankenstein. Hmm. definitely the real monster because sure, he does go back around and kill, well not kill per se, like he's part of the mob that kills Frankenstein, this monster. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah, well, he, called he, Frankenstein. <laughs> he does distinctly want him dead. Yeah. So I yeah. can definitely understand the argument that he is the monster in this situation. Yeah, definitely. It's a big moral question. What is it with, like, sci-fi films and these creations of, like, something that we have made that is at least the moral question of, is it human? What is it with these films? Well, I mean, that's one of the things you can do with sci-fi, though, isn't it? Every episode we've I've done of this podcast so far has raised this question. Blade Runner did it. Solaris did it. This one did it. They all do it in different ways, yeah. though. The base that's question what, remains the same. Yeah, that, I mean, I mean, that, I mean, isn't the isn't yeah, but that, that's a trope of the genre, is it not? Yeah, fair point, actually. That's like, that's like one of the questions of the genre. That's one of the things that you explore in sci-fi. And evident, and well, not evidently, ultimately, uh, one of the like conclusions that, uh, that are always uh, come to when talking about sci-fi is that humans are almost always the real monsters. They're bad people. You know? You can use sci-fi to explore the, you know, the futility of human life. And then also concepts that you couldn't really explore in the modern world, like what is a human, which you then have to set in the future, or with uh, not real science. Sci-fi is a cool genre. I like it. <laughs> what? Sci-fi is a cool genre. I like it. <laughs> yeah, pretty cool genre. Unless you're watching like Interstellar. Oh dear. Or uh... anyway, but. I... <laughs> We're not here to slag off other films, we're here to talk about Frankenstein. We'll slag off those other films at a later date. <laughs> yep. That's for after the Monster Mash. So, I, 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 mean, any, I mean, I've talked about, like, most really everything that I want to talk about. Anything else? Any other topics? Any other specific points you'd like to mention? Um, I'm not 
kind of, I'm kind of like flicking through everything I wrote down about the film, and like a lot of it's just like talking about mise on scene by that point, like about how, um, for example, the lab, Frankenstein's lab, like it really sets the tone for being a sci-fi film because it has this massively mad scientist vibe. It's portrayed really mm. well in like the physical effects that they use, like all the electricity and the Tesla orb, whatever it's called. I think it's a bull, not an orb. Yeah. But like that's yeah. all look like, really cool, and the costume as well for um, Frankenstein, where it's like a mix between this lab coat and a butcher's apron. It kind of represents mm. the duality of what he's doing. He's like a butcher in some regards because of how he's been cutting up corpses, but he is still a scientist for what he is doing overall with biology. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, the mise en scene definitely uh, conveys a lot, specific, and this specifically does convey. Like really, the origins of the mad scientist thing. Yeah, kind of they got popularized. They got popularized massively after the film. Yeah. Or the book. Also, it feels like early sections of film noir in some regards, like not full film noir, like with you see in like Casablanca. Some of the, with some of the lighting. Yeah, some of the lighting all like there's a yeah. lot of suits and dresses as well. Hmm. Well, I'd say it's more film noir in terms of the lighting in the first. Like ten minutes, maybe. Because yeah. I feel like it definitely uses a lot of darkness and a lot of uh, stylized shadows yeah. at the start, up until it gets to the lab. I think the lighting also kind of represents the monster's development as a character, because he's always kept in the dark at first. He's like represented as this evil thing, but then when he's out in the light with Maria, he's more soft and childlike. Yeah, and then every other point we see him onwards afterwards, it's at night. In the dark, and the only other time we see him in brightness is when he's burning to death. Whoops. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's not what you want. Not really. That's not an ideal situation to be in. No. Well, let me let me ask you one last uh, aside question about the film, specifically, mm-hmm. before we wrap up. What did you think of some of uh, the side characters? You know, specifically, like, the Professor, Fritz, Elizabeth, maybe not Victor. I can't go on the rant about how I hate Victor. Does <laughs> <laughs> he even count as a character? He's shit. Yeah, I don't know why he's in the film. I don't know why he's he does nothing. He does nothing useful at all. He just stands there. He does three things in the film. He says, I love you, uh, Elizabeth. And then he walks around he walks around with Frankenstein when they're looking for the monster and then helps lift the body. That's all he does. Also, can I, just, I hate I, the 180 he does so much. What do you mean? Like, um, when he's in the lab, he's like, oh my god, Frankenstein, you are crazy. Fade to black, fade back in, you're in Baron Frankenstein's office. Oh, your son's not crazy, he's in perfect health. Oh yeah, when he see, but he's but that's after he's seen him bring the monster to life, you know? Yeah, but Frankenstein clearly isn't stable. I guess, but like Elizabeth says, Elizabeth does the same thing really yeah. as well. I get why like, she's Elizabeth. Like, oh, please come home. Yeah, I get why Elizabeth on a level would do it because like she's meant to be his wife, but like there's no really unless I again miss something. There's not really much of a prior relationship for Victor to be established. Like there's unless again I miss something, which I keep saying, mm-hmm. and he stop. <laughs> unless well, I mean, you could, like I mean, you could also I mean, you could just say Victor's doing it for Elizabeth because he loves Elizabeth. Yeah, true. There is a bit of a love triangle going on there, but like. Regardless of that, necessarily, like it feels like there's no reason for him to lie. He feels like the type of character who would say, "Yeah, that bitch is crazy." Mm, I disagree. I feel like he would act. I feel like he cares enough for Elizabeth, and obviously, he's the best man for 
Frankenstein to where he would defend his interests from his father. Because mm. he's only defending it from his father. Sure, he does say it to Frankenstein's face that he's nuts. Yeah, I mean, I was also going to say, like, maybe he's there to act. He, he, he acts kind of like, like the straight man, almost. Mm. You know? Like, reacting to, like, the craziness of Frankenstein, but it doesn't really feel like they do much with that, and then also his wife and the professor are still there, and they're acting like that, and the professor acts like that more, more, like, commenting on the monster itself. So, yeah, I, I'll, yeah, I don't know, I don't know what, why Victor's in this film. <laughs> he serves no purpose. What do you think about the other characters, then? Um, the Baron felt like comedic relief, I'm sorry, but he just... It felt what like, are you? What really? On some level, yeah, because like, the, like at the end, he's like, "Oh yes, I'll take the wine." Like this, like he, I... he's the one who like occasionally cracks jokes. It's like the joke about him trying to get up the stairs. Like I don't necessarily think he's like Ooh. full on comedic relief per se. That's just how I found him. Like he, on sometimes he just didn't feel like he slotted in quite right. But I think he's, I think he's an egotistical foil. Is what I found from him. Because he's the only character in the film who, who throughout the entire thing, doesn't care about what Frankenstein wants to work on or what he wants to do specifically. Um, he only cares about him, you know, getting married and all that. He doesn't care about his work. He doesn't care about the science. So like, you could, and you know, he's he's obviously got quite a, an ego, you know, definitely a classist as well. You know, the rich people can drink the wine. The, These the servants have been have in my campaign. family for three generations. Yada yada yada. Okay. Yeah. And the champagne. Yeah. What and a the pork. Yeah. <laughs> what he says. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I know. He's. The, I mean, I def. I see him as the foil. To mostly what, uh, well, the, the initial foil to what Frankenstein is doing up until, you know, he regrets it himself. I don't know. I feel, I feel like he's a, I feel like he's, he's, a, he's a useful character, I think. Good character. that he doesn't have, like, I'm not saying he doesn't have, he's, he just, he felt a little bit out of place to me personally, but that's just my opinion. I disagree. Fair enough. Completely. I think he adds a lot. Oh, <laughs> Burgermaster. It's not Burgermaster. No, no, I know Burg it's Burgo, <laughs> but still, I'm calling him the Burgermaster because that's how it is. Okay, well, I mean, the Burgermaster literally adds. I don't. He doesn't he add doesn't too do much. Anything. He just walks in no. once and says, "There's no trouble," and he leaves again, and then he reappears no, he does, he forty minutes later. Yeah, mob. yeah, when the mob, the mob appeals to him. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I mean. I think all the other characters are pretty good. Yeah. I think Elizabeth, decently well-rounded character, obviously very, very uh, stereotypical of the time, you know? Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, played damsel in distress one time, the men are constantly just like, no, I'll go, and she's just like, oh, I won't, oh, but I will. Very, very stereotypical of the time, you know, not really too much, not really super unique character, but definitely, obviously, is... She's not poorly written. No, well, she also, she plays... She plays more as a character that impacts other characters, I'd say. Similar to how the Professor, really. Like, the Professor's mostly there. Obviously, he's like a background, adds some background to uh, Frankenstein. But also, uh, he play he he's the one who plays the, uh, the opposition to what Frankenstein's initially doing with his obsession. Hmm. I, I think he fills that role very, very nicely. Yeah, I quite like him. What do you think? I quite like him as a character. 
Yeah. Oh, good. Good faults. Um, <laughs> yes, I uh, I like uh, him. <laughs> a quick aside about Vincent again. Not Vincent, Victor. <laughs> Vincent Ben Victor. <laughs> yeah, no, not Vincent, Victor. Uh, one of his dialogue was just actual garbage. Because he, he was... Because um, it's like... It was before they went to go, before him and Elizabeth went to go see the uh, professor. He, like, grabs Elizabeth and goes, Ah, we'll go see Professor Waldman. He was, he used to be his, uh, he used to be Frankenstein's professor, you know? It's just like, oh, yeah. good, nice. It's a very good showy, not Thank very you, showy, very heavily of him. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, oh, Frankenstein, you shouldn't be making corpses. That's immoral of you. Oh no, it's evil. It's, it's, it, I don't know. That's just the one bit of dialogue that made me go, fuck's sake. <laughs> Can't blame you, to be honest. I, I hate Victor. Yeah, I mean, all the other dialogue was, it was good. I liked it. Probably took it from the book, though, so you don't get, you don't get A star from that. You gotta, yeah. you gotta be well done. Well done for the, well done, though. You get marked down for plagiarism. Okay, well, enough rambling. Let's, let's summarize. Let's summarize our opinions. Overall opinion of the film, go. They had good parts, had some not so good parts. Overall, pretty good film. Nice, nice, concise. Squeeze it in there. Very good. I'd say very, very good in some aspects. Uh, uh, not as good in the other aspects. <laughs> Story wise, good, technical. Mm. Yeah, not great as a film, but very, very good in terms of uh, something to think about. Some characters are pretty useless, but the central. Uh, the central conflict in this and the uh, main ideas of the film, very, 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 very good. Can't add any more varies to that. Very, very good. Well, I mean, you could, but we'd be here all day. Right. So, uh, that was that. That's that's an episode done. We did it finally. Hell yeah! Back on track. Uh, that's the Frankenstein episode done, and you know, anyone who watches this, what do you think? You think it was good? Have you watched it? Probably not. So, Evan, I've got one final question for you. What is that? What are we doing next week? It's the thing. Ooh. I'm actually really excited for that. <laughs> Dude, John Carpenter classic, one of the best uh, horror sci-fi films ever made. Brilliant film. But which one's so, better, that or Alien? We'll find out at the end of the that, well, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that was episode three of the below average film review on Frankenstein. If you enjoyed, you know, whatever. That's good for you. I enjoyed making this. Did you? <laughs> oh, did you? You enjoyed <laughs> Episode three of the Blood Average Film Review. Join us next week for the thing, and we'll see you. We'll all see you next time for the next episode of the Monster Mash. Goodbye, my friends. Hope you enjoyed. Yada yada. We're not friends, but maybe we are. Bye. Bye. Bye.